0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Good morning, CWC Bay Area. It is so good to have you with us this morning. I'm so excited about what God is doing in your life, in our lives, and in the lives of people around us. We see a major down curve of COVID-19, and I believe that we're finally starting to see the sunrise after all the darkness that we have faced. And I just want to say this before I start this morning. I want to take time to say thank you so much for your support. Thank you for those of you that have sent in your tithe and offerings, for those of you that have been giving online, for those of you that have been attending in the parking lot service and have been coming out and gathering together to worship God, live and and celebrate the name of the Lord and then for those of you that have continued to stay connected uh Online, We want to say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. I know this is a different time. We're going through a different season, but it's only a season. It's not the way things are going to be forever. It's only a season, and we are planning right now that toward the end of October, opening up the church and having live services indoors as the weather begins to change, pulling the parking lot service indoors. Now, you will have to register for this service and so forth. Reserve your. Seats, and we're going to do our best, the same social distancing, same protocols that are expected for other businesses. We're going to bring into the church and make sure that you are safe as we worship. But we're going to come back together. Amen. Uh, today and for the next couple weeks, I'm going to start a series of messages called I Love My Church. Come on, say that with me. I love my church. Now, for some of you, that statement may not resonate for you. It may not resonate with you. And if it doesn't, then this series is just for you. Because when we think of church, not all of us are coming up with the same connotation or ideas or even definition. And so for the next couple of weeks, I wanna to talk to you about I love my church, but I also want you to know that Jesus loves his church too. Jesus loves his church. That's why Jesus established it. In fact, it's important to understand that to know where I'm coming from when I talk about church and to be able to tell, tell you about this concept when we talk about church. As a child, I was born and raised in church. In fact, uh, I can't say I loved my church when I was growing up. When I was growing up, I I hated church. In fact, the hate might be a a bad word, but I endured church because I spent more time in the back of the church getting whooped because I couldn't stay still in church. That church wasn't something that really resonated with me. I I struggled with that. And so church was more something that I endured than something that I enjoyed. Because when I was a kid, church, we were always in church, man. We were always. Always, as someone say, always. I need you to understand. We were always in church. Sunday mornings we were in church. We got there early because my mom was involved with Sunday school and so we had to get there before everyone else. She had to set up the classes and make sure everyone was ready to go. They would have a pre-service kickoff. Then you would go to Sunday school and then you would go to the service, both English and Spanish. And then after that we would go to lunch and then we would be playing football, hanging out with my friends and it never failed about 4.30, 5 o'clock, my Mom would come out to the front door, or my dad and yell out, Danny, come on, it's time to go to church. And I hated hearing that cry because I didn't want to go to church again. They spoke in Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. I I don't understand Spanish. So as a kid, I would get bored and we didn't have iPhones and iPads to play or games. And so I kept getting in trouble because I would wiggle around a lot. I would slide under the pews during church and so forth. So I got in trouble so many times at church and I hear people when they find out that I'm a pastor, they can't believe it because they said not. Danny. Danny was, he was a troublemaker as he was a kid. We were in church always. Not only that, we had Monday night Bible study. We had Tuesday night men's or women's meetings. And when my mom or dad went, I had to go with them. Wednesday night, we had what was called Royal Rangers and Missionettes. It was like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts for, for, the, uh, for the kids. Friday night, we had our youth service. And then Saturday, we would have events that took place. We were in church every day, it seemed like. And so we were always going on. And these services were long. They weren't like short services. They, they were services like, you know, you, the longer you were in church, the more spiritual you were. And it became a badge of honor that you you were at every service. And so I, I, remember, I remember those times that we... We were so much in church that I think we got so caught up in going to church that we forgot to be the church. And for the next couple of weeks, I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about what it is to love the church and get a better understanding. As Miles Monroe says, when you don't know the purpose of something, abuse is inevitable, And so when we don't know the purpose of church, we could abuse what the church stands for. I want to read a scripture to you as my launching point today out of Ephesians chapter five, verse 25. This is the apostle Paul giving us direction. And he says this, As, as I read this, those of you that are married couples are going to say, wait a minute, what's that have to do with church? I thought this had to do more with us as husband and wife. Listen, verse 25, for husbands... This means to love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean and washed by the cleansing of the word. Bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. See, I want you to understand it says this. For husbands, this means to love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Now, I want you to know that Jesus loves the church too. Not only do I love the church, but I want you to know that Jesus or God loves the church just as much because Jesus gave his life for the church. I want you to understand Jesus loved the church so much that he died, that he gave his last breath. God loves his church. And I'm here to tell you, I don't just love my church. I love my God. I, I just love him today. I'm so grateful for the love of God. I I want you to know I come to church because I love God. I love God. I love him because he first loved me. I love him because he loved the broken me. I love him because he loved the incomplete me. I love him because he loved the sinful me. He loved the messed up me. He, he loved the, the confused me. He didn't just love the put together Dan. He loved the Dan that was messed up, that was lost, that was, that was lying, cheating, stealing. He loved that man even though I was broken and messed up, and I love that Jesus loved me even even more. So I love God because. He believes in me, even when I didn't believe in him, that Jesus, that God loves me. I love him. I love Jesus because he gave his all for me. I I just want you to know how much I love God today. If you love God, would you just let me know right now by uh, here online, by just hitting a couple emojis and let me know that you love God too, that you're grateful that God loves you, not just the way you were, but the way he wants to see you become. I'm so grateful for God, but I also love the church as well. Listen, I love I love CWC Bay Area Church. I love you. I love your families. I love your kids. I love our, our community that we have here at Christian Worship Center. I am honored to be the pastor of this fellowship. I'm honored to be able to lead you, to guide you, to teach you, to challenge you. Now, sometimes you may you may get upset that uh, maybe I'm stepping on toes, but I'm here. I'm gonna stand before God someday, and I have to give an account for every word I've ever spoken. To you. And so I want to make sure I do my best. I don't take this call lightly. I know this one thing is that I refuse to do anything that's going to embarrass you or your family. I don't want to do anything that's going to embarrass you, that as your pastor, I don't want you opening up the newspaper and reading something that I did or something that I shouldn't have done. And so I want you to know that I love this church. I love this fellowship. Come on, if you love your church too, just say amen right now. God bless you. I want you to understand something. When you love someone, you learn to love what they love. Let let me me explain this. I I love my wife. My wife and I, we've been married over 30 years now. 30 years. I've been married longer than I've been single. Uh, We've been married, and one of the things I found, when you love someone, when you love someone, you learn to love what they love. When you love someone, you begin to learn to love what they love. When you love someone, you learn to begin to, to do the things that they enjoy doing. Now, see, my wife, my wife doesn't eat pork. I, 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 know, I know that's a shock for some of you. My wife doesn't eat pork. She doesn't eat much red meat as it is. Uh, she goes to bed early. My wife loves to work out. She is a workout freak. But she doesn't like coffee. Well, four out of five ain't bad. Out of all those things, I tell you this. That my wife doesn't eat pork, so I stop eating pork. My wife doesn't eat a lot of meat, so I found myself not eating much meat. My wife goes to bed early, so I find myself wanting to be with her going to bed early as well. What am I telling you? She loves to work out, so I find myself working out as well. See, when we love someone, we learn to love what they love. Let me explain this. I was just talking, overheard Cisco was telling me about a situation recently, and he was talking about how, uh, his wife had a Niner jersey on and someone she knew from the, her past saw her and asked her, What are you doing with that shirt on? You're a Raider fan. You see, the moment she started hanging out with Cisco and started loving Cisco and became Cisco's wife, Cisco loves the Niners. And now she was able she, she ended up trading in the Raiders for the Niners, because of her love for her husband. What am I saying? When you love someone, come on, someone. When you love someone, you learn to love what they love. And I want you to recognize this. Jesus loves his church. Let me take you a little farther in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. It says this, For wives... This means to submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. All the men of God say amen. Say it again, pastor. Listen, it says wives submit to your husbands. I'm going to explain something. All the wives are, are sighing right now. Listen, I want you to understand where I'm going with this, okay? Wives are commanded by God to submit to their husbands. For Listen, as unto the Lord, not as unto your spouse, but as unto the Lord. Verse 23, for a husband is the head. Everyone say head. Of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. So, Christ is the head, the leader of the church. He is the savior of his body. The church. And so he is the Savior. He goes on, as the church submits to Christ, so should wives submit to their husbands in everything. I'm going to explain this. Stay with me, okay? Verse 25, so wives don't check out. Ladies, don't check out. Stay with me for a second. Husbands, I'm coming to you right now. Verse 25, for husbands, this means to love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean by washing of the cleansing of God's word. Listen to what verse 27 says. And he did this to present her to himself without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, Husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Come on, stay with me. Verse 29, for no one hates his own body, but feeds it and cares for it. Just as Christ cares for the church and we are members of his body. Let let me let me take time to kind of break this down. When we look at this, what we think of this scripture is talking about marriage. We think that the scripture is talking about marriage alone. But I want you to know that this is not just talking about marriage. This isn't just referring to to marriage. When we talk about wives submit to your husbands, I want you to understand God is saying this. I am the head of the church. The, Jesus is the head of the church the same way the husband is the head of the family. Now, wives, God may ask you to submit, but he's asking husbands, catch this, he's asking husbands to die. Wives, submit to your husbands, but husbands, I want you to love your wives to the point that you will give your life for her, that you will die for her. Wives are expected to submit, but husbands are expected to give their lives. Why? Because we are supposed to be able to give everything we have just like Christ gave his all to us as well. You see, I need you to understand something. You cannot, listen carefully. You cannot say that you love God but hate the church. You cannot tell me you love me but hate my wife. You can't tell me that you love me and you value me, but disregard my wife. You cannot tell me that, you know what, pastor, I love you, but you know what, your wife is, you know, most people would say it the other way around. They love Ange, but they they think I'm the one that's a little off. But I want you to understand that's a true statement. I want you to understand something. You cannot say that you love God, but you don't Like his church, because the church is the very thing God established in order to be the the vehicle here on earth to promote who Jesus is. I want you to know that it is impossible, come on, listen to me right now. It is impossible for you to say, I love God, but I hate the church. I love God, but I can't come to church. Those two statements are totally different. You cannot hate the bride of Christ, they're one. You see, you have to understand that they're one. And so I need you to understand something. Miles Monroe put it this way. I love the way he broke this down. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. God loved the world. I heard a preacher one time say, the world isn't just people. It's the whole world, all of creation. God loved all of creation so much that he sent his son Jesus but Jesus loved the world so much that he gave us the church. God loved us so much, he sent Jesus, but Jesus loved us so much that he gave us the church. The church is God's gift. To us, the church is the gift that God gave to us in order for us to recognize who God is. I want you to check this out. One scripture I didn't read. I want to jump a little down, farther down to Ephesians chapter five, verse thirty-two. Let me bring this into context. Stay with me. He says this. This is the great mystery. Everyone say mystery, but it is an illustration of the way that Christ and the church are one. Oh, come on, let me say that again. He says this this is the great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way that the church or Christ and the church are one. You cannot separate Christ and the church. You cannot separate God and the church. You cannot say, I love God, but I'm not going to go to church. I love God, but I'm not going to be part of a church. I love God, but I'm not going to serve the church. The church and God are one. Ephesians chapter 5, he's using a marriage to give us a picture of what the family of God is all about. In fact, Jesus put it this way. I want you to check this out. Jesus looks at his disciples after a conversation in Matthew chapter sixteen. They have a conversation, and Jesus asks the disciples, "Who do men say that I am? Who do they say I am and jesus as he, they're 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 discussing the, the disciples look back at Jesus and they say, "Well well some say that you're John the Baptist? others say that you're, that you're Elijah uh, Elijah. Some people say that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then Jesus looks back at them and says this in Matthew 16, "But who do you say I am?" And Peter steps up as a spokesman for the 12 and he says this: He says, "You are the Christ, listen to me. He says, you are the Christ. Now Christ is, I need you to understand, that term Christ is not a a title, a name. It is a function. It, It is a position, just like a king or president is. The Christ is an explanation of who Jesus was. He is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. He is the God, the soon coming king. Jesus looks at Peter and he says this. He says, Now, in verse 18 of chapter 16 of the book of Matthew, he says this, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. Come on, somebody say amen. He says, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Listen to me, I need you to grab a hold of this. What he's saying is this. He's saying to, to Peter, Peter, the revelation you just had of who I am now, because you know who I am, let me tell you who you are. When you get a revelation of who God is, when you get a true revelation that Jesus is the son of God, all of a sudden, God now has the capacity and the ability to, to open up your heart and give you a true picture of who you are as well. He looks at Peter. You're no longer Simon. Your name is Peter now. And upon this rock, you're not a pebble. You are a stone. And upon this rock, not upon you, Peter, upon your confession that Jesus Christ is the Christ, the Son of the living God, on that confession, I will build my church. Come on, somebody. Give God praise. I need you to understand something here. When Jesus uses that word church, that word church, I need you to grab the the connotation. It wasn't what we have currently right now. What it was was a gathering. It was a Greek organization. It was a Greek gathering of influencers. It was a, a, a place where all the influencers came together. They were usually the rich. They were the influencers, the leaders, those that knew how to solve problems in life. And when there was a problem in the community, the the leaders of that community called the church together. They called, and that word church is ekklesia. Ekklesia, the Greek word ekklesia means called out ones. And what would happen whenever there was a problem in society, they would call out to the church, and the influencers would come together. All the the, the individuals that knew how to lead and solve problems would come together, and when they came together, they would sit down, look at the problem, and come up with solutions on how to navigate through this crisis. Jesus says this. The world has a church. They have their influencers, their problem solvers. But you know what? Upon that confession, Peter that I am the Christ, I will build my church, I will establish, erect, I will put together my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, I'm putting down, I'm I'm putting together a church, listen to me, during COVID-19, many people cried because the churches were shut down, baby, you can't shut down the church, the churches can't be shut down, excuse me, because the church is more than an organization. The church is an organism. The church is more than a monument. The church is a movement. I need you to understand the church is not a place. The church is a people. The church is more than a building. The church is literally the bride of Christ. You cannot shut down the church. Somebody give God praise. Listen to me. You might be able to, Shut down the building because we could still have church without a building. You could shut down the church without money. But we could still have church without money. You could shut down the church without music. You could try to shut down the church without music, but you know what? We're gonna worship anyhow. You could try to shut down our groups and so forth, but listen, we could have church without a building. We could have church without music. We could have church without, uh, w- w- without organizations. We could have church without groups. We could even have church w- without, the, w- without money, but I need you to understand, we cannot have church, without people. People are what the church is all about. You. You are the church. In fact, when Jesus says church, I want you to understand that Paul literally takes all the things that Jesus used to reveal what the church was and he explains it. He talked about what was called the global body of Christ. The global bride of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27 he refers to the to the bride of christ you see we we have believers here in Milpitas, in San Jose. We have churches in, in other parts, but CWC isn't the only church that worships God. We, in our city, we have literally thousands of churches of people that come together every Sunday to worship God and to worship Jesus. If they worship Christ, then they are our brothers and our sisters. I need you to understand, just because someone is at a different church, as long as they accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're my brother. They're my sister. But I want you to know God does not have nieces and nephews. He doesn't have cousins because this is a first generation thing. You have to accept Christ yourself personally. I cannot pass my faith down to my children. I can't pass it down to my grandson. As much as I love them, I can't bring them. I can't carry them. I can't force them into heaven. There is going to be no nieces and nephews. There is going to be no cousins, no aunties or uncles in heaven. It's going to be first generation uh, lovers of God, people that have accepted Christ and received him as their Lord and Savior. There is not going to be extended family. Everyone's going to be part of the first family. Someone say amen. So we have the universal body or bride of Christ then you also have the local gatherings. In the book of Hebrews, the, uh, the, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 25 says, don't forsake the gathering together of the brethren if some have made it a habit of doing. Some of you have made it a habit of not coming to church, and you've used the pandemic as the reason for it. You've made it a habit of not even tuning in anymore. You, you've gotten complacent. But being part of the body isn't enough just to believe in God. You have to be part of the bride. You have to be part of the body. You have to be connected. And so we have the temple as well. We talk about global, we talk about local, but then the body of Christ or or when we talk about the bride of Christ, there's also the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is each and every one of us. In the book of Genesis, when God created Adam out of the dust of the ground, he blew his breath in him. Why? Because man was created to carry the very breath, the very life of God. You were designed to carry the breath of God, You were f- functioned and put together and designed to carry the presence of God, not to carry depression, not to carry doubt, not to carry hopelessness. You were designed to carry the presence of God. And from the beginning of time, after Adam fell, God has been trying to get his breath back into his temple. God never wanted to dwell in temples made of stone, brick and mortar. He's always wanted to dwell and man, he wanted to be in you, not just with you, in you. Oh, come on, grab a hold of this this morning. See, I need you to understand that church is more than a meeting place. It's a people. It's you. See, God loved the church so much that he gave his life for us. He gave his best for us. You see, that's why you got to be careful what you say about the church because When you talk about the church, you're talking about the wife, the bride of God. You know what? You talk about my wife, it's on. You talk about me, I I can get over it. But you talk about my wife, I'm I'm gonna have to break relationship with you because there's, there's, there's something wrong there. God loves his bride. God loves his bride. He loves his church. How do I know this? He gave his life for it. He gave his life for it. God loves you. He loves his church. And when I say God loves his church, I want you to understand that what I'm saying this morning, what I'm decreeing to you here in the first weekend of November 2020, I'm here to tell you when I say God loves his church, what I'm saying is God loves you. He loves you. He is so madly in love with you. He tells husbands, husbands, I want you to do this. I want you to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. But I want you to see what he says even, even later on. He 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 talks about this in Ephesians. Let me get back to that scripture real quick. He says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. He tells the husbands to love love their wives. But then he says this, and he did this to present her to himself, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or without any blemish. What was God doing there? What does he want husbands to do that he did? He said the Bible says that he loved us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, That, that Christ loved us even when we didn't know him. Husbands, what we have to do with our wives, what God is calling us to do is that if your wife has a fault, a blemish, a problem, a wrinkle in her life, if there's a wrinkle in her character, if there's a blemish in her personality, if there's, a, if there's a, a something wrong, a spot in, in her life, instead of exposing it to cover it instead of, uh, of letting everyone know how bad she is, that you would begin to cover because the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin and that I don't know a wife, around I don't know a woman around that wouldn't love to submit to a husband that loves her so radically that he would give her his life for her and that's what god's asking us to do husbands i want to challenge you that you would love your wives even more than you love your own your own life that you would give your best of that you would cover her that you would make sure that there is no spot no wrinkle that if there is an issue in her life you're the one that's covering her because that's what Jesus did for us which leads me to this as i clothes. That's what communion is all about. God loved us, loves us so radically that he took his body and it was broken. He took his blood and it was poured out so that you and I could have fellowship with him again. This is how God got rid of our spot wrinkle in our blemish right where you are right now the Bible says do not take communion unworthily in other words if you don't have a relationship with Christ you can't take communion so I don't want you not to take communion today what I want you to do is I want you to get your life right with God and then join us in communion so right where you are, heads bowed and eyes closed, I just speak the name of Jesus to you. And I want you just to speak this prayer. And you, you may hate what man has done to the church, I get it. I get it, I, I totally understand that church, you know, for some people say, man, church is boring. No, church isn't boring. When you love the person that you're, the, that service is all about, all the worship, everything we do here is for Jesus, is for God. And so when you love someone, it's not boring when you're with them. If you say it's boring, then I would submit to you that you don't know Jesus the way you need to. Come fall in love with Jesus, and you'll find that church is one of the most exciting, blessed, powerful places to be. I want you right now just to say this prayer with me. Just say, Heavenly Father... I receive you now as Lord and Savior. I know I'm a sinner that's in need of a Savior. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again because he loves me. He loved me when I didn't even know him. He cared for me when I didn't care for myself. So today, I make a choice to follow Jesus. And so, Father, right now, I ask that Jesus would come into my heart and restore relationship with heaven once again. Come and live in me. Breathe in me. Be part of me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, believing in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, the Bible says you and your family shall be saved. Now, I want you to text the word alive to the number on the screen. Just text the word alive. And as you do that, we're going to have someone reach out to you because we want to help you in your new walk with Christ. But I also want you, as you prepare to do that, to get your elements of communion. Get your your elements of communion together because today, we're going to commemorate God's love for us and his love for the church by celebrating what we call communion. So right where you are, The Bible says that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, that he took bread, and after he gave thanks, he broke it. Sometimes we need to be broken in order for God to use us. Sometimes things need to fall apart before we can see how much we need God to put them back together again. God wants to use you today. God wants to to bless you today. God wants to be with you. He wants to partner with you. And this morning, as you take the bread... I want you to recognize that sometimes brokenness is good, that sometimes when we go through a broken season, God is getting ready to put back together the pieces of our marriage, of our minds, of our dreams, of our hopes, of our family. I want you right now in this moment to recognize Jesus' body was broken so that ours could be put back together again. Take the bread today. Father, we thank you this morning. We bless your name right now, God. We worship you. Come on, just just thank him for the broken body of Jesus right now. Jesus, I thank you for what you gave for me, to me. And Lord, forgive me today if I've ever talked about your bride. If I've ever had bad feelings in regards to your bride. Lord, I want to love the things you love. I want to care about the things you care about. Lord, you care about the church. So let me learn to love the church the way you love me. As the bride of Christ, as the body of Christ, as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want you now to take the cup and as we take the cup, Jesus said this is the blood of the new covenant. Jesus was entering into a new agreement. He was wiping out the old covenant by fulfilling it, by dying on the cross and rising again. You see, I need you to understand that love covers a multitude of sin. And that's what the blood of Jesus does. It covers us. Instead of Jesus calling out our failures and our faults and our weaknesses, like a good husband, Jesus covered us. He gets rid of every spot, wrinkle, and blemish. Take the cup this morning. Father, I thank you this morning, God, that you love us. I thank you for your love. Come on, just right where you are, will you just worship with us? Just just thank the Lord right where you are in this moment. Father, I worship you. I thank you that you love me, that you love me when I didn't deserve love. You love me, my God, where I was filled with spots. I was wrinkled and I was blemished all over. You still love me. You still saw good in me. You saw hope in me, my God, when I was broke down, when I was messed up, my God, when I was lost, when I I didn't even love myself, you loved me. When I didn't believe in myself, you believed in me. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you love the church too. I thank you that you love the church too. So Father, today, when you say that you love the church, what you're really saying is you love me. And I receive that love today. And I pray for everyone that hears my voice right now, that's watching us right now in Jesus' name, that if they had ever had any doubt whatsoever that they are loved, that that doubt would be washed away by the precious blood of Jesus shed on the cross of Calvary. In your name we pray, everyone says, amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you this morning. Listen. We're coming to the end of this. I want you to prepare yourself to come out, start planning, start getting yourself together, start getting your plans together, get your dreams together. Start putting things, get plans, get your vision together because we're gonna end this year strong. We're gonna end this year, we're gonna hit the ground running. I want you to get yourself ready, amen? Get ready to love God, love people, and let's change the world. God bless you this morning. Have a great, great day. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.